Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton it's always better to obey the lord even when it seems in your mind to be the worst option for you again in the people of judah's mind staying in the land was the worst thing they could do and they thought we're better off if we go to egypt when really the opposite was true Staying in the land was where they were safe. Going to Egypt was a disaster. We can get it totally wrong. Obeying the Lord is always better. Even when you think it's the worst option for you, obeying the Father is always the best option. Sometimes His ways are hard to understand because you don't always see what He's doing. But Pastor Dan will remind you today that when you cling to His Word and trust that what He says is true... He will never leave or forsake you, and His promises are something you can trust. Don't get caught up in pride, for pride always leads to a fall. Let go of your will and trust the will of the one who created you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 42, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. disobeying the voice of the Lord your God, saying, No, but we will go to the land of Egypt, where we shall see no war, nor hear the sound of the trumpet, meaning the trumpet that they would use to call the army, you know, to attack. And we will not hear the sound of the trumpet, nor be hungry for bread. And there, in Egypt, we will dwell Then hear now the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. If you wholly set your faces to enter Egypt and go to dwell there, then it shall be that the sword which you feared shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt. The famine of which you were afraid shall follow close after you there in Egypt, and there in Egypt you shall die. So shall it be with all the men who set their faces to go to Egypt to dwell there. They shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence, and none of them shall remain or escape from the disaster that I will bring upon them. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as my anger and my fury have been poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so will my fury be poured out on you when you enter Egypt, and you shall be an oath, an astonishment, a curse, and a reproach, and you shall see this place no more. So the Lord warns them. 
the Lord warns them, if they flee to Egypt, all the things that they're afraid of happening to them, if they stay, will happen to them. If they go to Egypt, they'll suffer grave consequences for their disobedience. All the things that they were afraid would happen to them at the hands of the Babylonians, if they stay in the land, God says, all those things will happen to you if you go down to Egypt. Now, in the Bible, Egypt is a type of the world, and Egypt is a type of our old life of sin before Jesus Christ rescued us and delivered us out of sin. So it's a picture, it's a type of the world, and it's a type of our old life of sin before we were saved. And so in this picture here, they're going back to the world, they're going back to their old life for refuge. They're afraid. And so they decide we're going to go back. We're just going to go back to the world. We're going to go back to our old life. And going back to the world and going back to the old life, as we see here, it has devastating consequences. All the things that, that they're afraid of happening are going to happen, for sure, if they go back. And the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. It's hard going back to Egypt. It's hard going back to the world. It's hard going back to a life of sin. That leads to hardship. That leads to ruin. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, after God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he told the children of Israel, you must never return to Egypt again. We're never to go back to the world again. We're never to go back to our old life of sin again. We're never to go back to that. We're never to look to that as a refuge or a place of safety or a place where we can go and dwell. The single safest place To be is in the will of God. In his will. Even if it doesn't look safe to us. Staying in the land seemed like the worst possible thing they could do in their minds. But it was the safest place to be. In their minds, going to Egypt was the safest thing for them. There was security in Egypt in their minds. God says that's the worst thing you could do. We are limited in our scope. God is infinite. God is omniscient, all-knowing. And what God knows is that in a short time, the Babylonians will invade Egypt and conquer them. And they will do to Egypt what they did to Judah. Now, the people of Judah don't know that. They don't know the future, but God does. And so God says to them, I don't want you to go down to Egypt because of the terrible things you're going to suffer if you go down to Egypt. Because God knows the Babylonians are going to go to Egypt. And they don't know that. God is trying to protect them from more suffering and more hardship. You see, in your life and my life, God will say no to us. Or God will say, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to go there. To protect us. Because he knows if we do that thing or we go there. He knows what the future holds. He knows what's going to happen there. Down the road that we can't see. 
And so he's, he's trying to protect us from something. That's why he's saying no. Or that's why he's saying, I don't want you to ever do this again. I don't want you to ever go back there. Because he knows what's going to happen. He's saying that for our own good. He's saying that for our own protection. He knew if the people of Judah fled to Egypt, he knew that they would be jumping out of the frying pan right into the fire. They wouldn't be escaping the Babylonians. They would be walking right into the Babylonians down in Egypt. And they would go through all of that suffering again at the hands of the Babylonians. God wants to protect us from the things that will harm us and the things that will hurt us. And that's why he says no to us. That's why he commands us not to do things. Because he can see what will happen if we do. He can see where it will lead. And he's trying to save us from hardship. We can be like the people of Judah. And we can have our hearts set on going. We can have our hearts set. And I'm I'm going to Egypt no matter what you say. Egypt is where I want to be. And we ignore the warning of God. And we charge headlong into Egypt. And disobedience. Verse 19, God makes it real clear here what his desire is and what his will is. Look at verse 19. The Lord has said concerning you, O remnant of Judah, do not go to Egypt. (laughs) I wonder what the Lord's will is for us. I wonder if he wants us to go to Egypt or not. Do not go to Egypt. Know certainly that I have admonished you this day. For you were hypocrites in your hearts when you sent me to the Lord your God, saying, pray for us to the Lord our God. And according to all that the Lord your God says, so declare to us and we will do it. Jeremiah says, you guys were hypocrites. You were lying when you asked me to pray for you. And you said you were seeking God's will and that you would do whatever God tells you to do. You didn't really mean it. You already had your heart set on Egypt Verse 21, and I have this day declared it to you, but you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God or anything which he has sent you by me. Now, therefore, know certainly that you shall die by the sword, by famine and by pestilence in the place where you desire to go to dwell. If you disobey, you're going to die. If you do this, you're going to die. It's going to be your destruction. He's real clear here. So that brings us to chapter 43, verse 1. Now it happened when Jeremiah had stopped speaking to all the people, all the words of the Lord their God, for which the Lord their God had sent him to them, all these words... Without reading ahead, what do you think it's going to say next? you think it's going to say that the people of Judah thanked Jeremiah for being so honest and being willing to confront them with the truth? No, it doesn't. That Azariah, the son of Hoshiah, Johanan, and all the proud men spoke. That's the issue, pride. They've got pride against Jeremiah and they've got pride against the Lord. You know, we want to do what we want to do. I want to go to Egypt. 
And who are you to tell me that it's wrong? It's pride. Pride leads to disobedience. That all the proud men spoke saying to Jeremiah, you speak falsely. The Lord our God has not sent you to say, do not go to Egypt to dwell there. (laughs) See what they do here with Jeremiah? They accuse him of being a false prophet. (laughs) They attack him. They didn't like his answer, and so they say, well, you speak falsely. You're a false prophet. We don't have to listen to you. (laughs) How do you like that? Now, remember, Jeremiah, at this point, everything Jeremiah has said for the last 40 years has come to pass. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Forty years. This isn't the first time he's ever said it, thus saith the Lord to them. And now they know he's a prophet of God. That's why they came to him to ask him to seek the Lord for them. They know he's a prophet of God. They know he hears from the Lord. That's why they came to him. And he told them up front, hey, I'm going to tell you exactly what God says and you may not like it. And that's exactly what he did. And they didn't like what he said. So they said, well, you're, you're a false prophet. We don't have to listen to you. You speak falsely. And they dismissed Jeremiah as a false prophet so that they could dismiss what he said. And some people, you know, they may come to you for counsel. They may say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to make this decision and I don't know what to do. And can you help me out? And you share some scripture with them and they don't like what you say. And so they come up with a reason to dismiss you so they can dismiss what you're saying. Well, you don't, you don't really know what you're talking about. You're not really qualified. You know, you're, not, you're not a professional counselor. So you don't really know. And really what they want to do is they just want to dismiss what you're saying And to do that now, they have to dismiss you. That's what they do with Jeremiah. They don't like what he said, so they say, well, you're you're a false prophet. We don't don't have to listen to you. Now, verse 3, they say this to Jeremiah, and then they say in verse 3, But Baruch, the son of Neriah, has set you against us to deliver us into the hands of the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, that they may put us to death and carry us away captive to Babylon. Now, you may remember Baruch was Jeremiah's assistant. He was Jeremiah's scribe. Now they drag Baruch into this. And I'm sure Baruch was standing there thinking, what are you, what are you bringing me into this for? What have I, I don't have anything to do with this. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And the, the people were so determined to go to Egypt. They were so determined to do what they wanted to do. They were willing to call Jeremiah a false prophet and create this false conspiracy theory about Baruch. 
that Baruch was in on this and they all, they hatched this plan against us. They made all these, you know, these ridiculous accusations against Jeremiah and Baruch just so they could do what they wanted to do. Because they're prideful. You just make stuff up. Because they're proud men. Verse 4, so Johanan and all the captains of the forces and all the people would not obey the voice of the Lord to remain in the land of Judah. But Johanan and all the captains of the forces, they took all the remnant of Judah who had returned to dwell in the land of Judah from all nations where they had been driven, men, women, children, the king's daughters, and every person whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had left with Gedaliah and Jeremiah the prophet and Baruch, the son of Neriah, verse 7. So they went to the land of Egypt, for they did not obey the voice of the Lord. And they went as far as Taphanes. So they took all the people by force, whether they wanted to go or not, they took them all to Egypt, including Jeremiah and Baruch. They made everybody go. And so they went to the land of Egypt, for they did not obey the voice of the Lord, and they went as far as Taphanes. And then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and Taphanes saying, take large stones in your hand and hide them in the sight of the men of Judah in the clay in the brick courtyard, which is at the entrance of Pharaoh's house in Taphanes. And say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will send and bring Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will set his throne above these stones that I have hidden, and he will spread his royal pavilion over them. So they go down to Egypt, they go down to this town, Taphanes, and God has, while they're there, God has Jeremiah start to gather up stones, and what he's doing here is he has Jeremiah do another visual illustration as we've seen Jeremiah do in the past. He has him do a physical, visual act to get the attention of the people. And he's doing this in front of all the people that are gathered there from Judah. So they're watching Jeremiah, who at this point is an elderly man. So you can picture Jeremiah as an elderly man picking up these large stones, and he's carrying them, and everybody is watching Jeremiah saying, what's Jeremiah doing? Why is he piling up all those stones there right in front of Pharaoh's palace in front of Pharaoh's house. What's the deal? And once he has their attention, then he tells them in verse 10, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will send and bring Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will set his throne above these stones that I have hidden, and he will spread his royal pavilion over them. Nebuchadnezzar's going to come And he's going to build his throne right here where I'm laying these stones. And when he comes, he shall strike the land of Egypt and deliver to death those appointed for death. 
and to captivity those appointed for captivity, and to the sword those appointed to the sword. I will kindle a fire in the houses of the gods of Egypt, and he shall burn them and carry them away captive, and he shall array himself with the land of Egypt as a shepherd puts on his garment, and he shall go out from there in peace. He shall also break the sacred pillars of Bet Shemesh that are in the land of Egypt and the houses of the gods of Egyptians. He shall burn with fire. He says here, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he's going to come down here to Egypt and he is going to conquer Egypt and destroy Egypt with ease. It will be as effortless as a shepherd putting on his garment, he says. As effortless as you putting on your coat. Nebuchadnezzar will come and he's going to wipe out this land and destroy it all. By the way, he mentions here in the last verse, the pillars of Bet Shemesh. Bet Shemesh is back in Judah. The Egyptians had come in and conquered part of the land of Judah and carried away some of the buildings and some of the riches from the land of Bet Shemesh. The idea here is, why are you trusting the Egyptians? They've robbed you. Why are you trusting them? They've got your pillars from Bet Shemesh on display here. Why'd you come to Egypt? What are you doing? And he says that he's going to come in here and he's just going to wipe Egypt out and all the Egyptians out like they're nothing. It's going to be no challenge for him. And then he's going to leave from here in peace and go back to Babylon. In other words, God says to the people of Judah, you could not have picked a worse place to take refuge. It's always better to obey the Lord. That's the lesson with this. It's always better to obey the Lord, even when it seems in your mind to be the worst option for you. Again, in the people of Judah's mind, staying in the land was the worst thing they could do. And they thought, we're better off if we go to Egypt, when really the opposite was true. Staying in the land was where they were saved. Going to Egypt was a disaster. We can get it totally wrong. Obeying the Lord is always better. Disobedience, going your own way, setting your mind to do what you want to do, and it doesn't matter what anyone says, I'm I'm just going to charge forward, and I'm going to go to Egypt. That is always going to end in disaster. Pride always leads to a fall. Always. These were proud people that had set their minds on Egypt. And doggone it, we're going to go to Egypt because that's what I want. And they went to Egypt. And it was the worst thing they could do. They would have been so much better off if they would have just stayed in the land And obeyed the Lord by faith. Trusting Him. That His word is true. That He's going to protect us. That everything's going to be okay. Because His word says it's going to be okay. You just stay here. I'll be with you. I'll protect you. You don't have anything to be afraid of. Okay, Lord. I don't see how this could be better. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe your word. And I'm going to stay right here by faith always works out better that way. 
Of Jeremiah at a glance. It seems like the overarching theme is judgment and negative consequence. But as you take a closer look, you're given a microscopic lens into the heart of God. Yes, there was judgment and eventual exile. But think about how long suffering and patient God was in giving them multiple chances to repent from their ways and separate from their sin. What an amazing and hopeful picture of God's heart toward you. He is just and fair in handing out consequences to those who willfully go against what he's offering. But like a patient parent, he gives grace and mercy when you vacillate between following him and venturing elsewhere. Ultimately, God wants you to choose him wholeheartedly, and he wants to bless you. Take the book of Jeremiah as a continual reminder that God is gracious and merciful but he'll bring judgment on those who refuse his ways. If you want to talk to someone and better understand what all of this means, don't hesitate to call us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth. Feel free to study this book on your own in the meantime. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will share more from the book of Jeremiah and provide a deeper understanding of how to apply it to your life here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.